and Rays, your daily Tampa Bay Rays podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, my name is Kevin Weiss. I'm Ulysses Sembrano. Host of Locked On Rays, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. You can subscribe to Locked On Rays on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, and online at fanstreamsports.com. And when you get in your car, tell your smart device to play Locked On Rays. Also, be sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Locked On Rays. And check out our brand new Patreon page, patreon.com slash Rays Unfiltered. Today's episode of Locked on Rays is brought to you by Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code Locked On, and that'll get you 20% off your next order. Okay, Ulysses, we are going to continue to roll through our 2020 player reviews. I can't believe we have less than a month of this, uh, what has been quite a year, to say the least, of, of 2020. Uh, of course, one of the few good things that come out of the year was the fact that the, the Rays made it to the World Series and went to, right. to game six. Outside of that, ready for the year to be over. Uh, <laughs> that would be nice. And ready for this cold weather to get out of Tampa. What is going on? No, no, no. It don't is, do that. Don't, no. don't put that evil on me, Ricky Bobby. I love this weather. We only get it for like two months. Let's, let's enjoy it. Come on. If I have to turn on the heat, I'm not happy. I, get I wanted your parka it, on. Get your scarf. You probably look good in a scarf. Come on, get get your you. scarf from Indiana. Let's go. Uh, well, hopefully the guys that we're looking at and reviewing today warm up in 2021 and beyond. Right. And we are looking at the play of Nate Lowe and Manny Margot rolling through the player reviews. We're at the Ellen M's now. Uh, Ulysses, I'll let you go ahead and take it away with. Big Nate. Well, good news about Nate Lowe for us in the show is that there wasn't a lot of Nate Lowe uh, to talk about. So then that's a good thing for the pod, but not a good thing necessarily for for Mr. Nate Lowe. Because I don't know about you, uh, but uh, it seems to me that he is already ready for the MLB, for for, for, for Mm -hmm. MLB playing time, for for being a, a platoon option or a starter. He did not get that chance. He only played in 21 games, seven to six uh, plate appearances. If you look over the numbers, yes, the walk rate increased. The strikeouts increased as well. So, uh, you know, kind of a wash there. <laughs> uh, the right. exit velocity dropped a little bit. Uh, the, 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 fa- the fact is he was about a 0.1 war player. Meaning there's not a lot to see here. There's really, yeah. there wasn't a lot to see for Nate Lowe, but I believe in this guy. I, 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 the work ethic that he put uh, from 2019 to 2020, that shows a lot. I think the fact that he went to winter ball this year and played for a couple weeks until the COVID uh, scares in, in the Dominican kind of um, scared him off, you know, mm-hmm. uh, sorry for the redundancy there, but yeah, scared him off. And, and he returned to the States which, well, I guess you're going to have to be in, in, in a house because if COVID is scaring you from the Dominican with those little cases, yeah. I bet you're... Something you're tells over. me it wasn't just COVID. It was probably he wasn't used to his normal lifestyle and being out of the country and 
probably, I don't know if he speaks the language or not. I, I just think it might've been a little bit of a culture shock for him. And he yeah. feels like he could have been more productive and, and better served by training and preparing in in Florida or his home state, wherever that is. So, so I think, yeah, that was probably just sort of the PR excuse to, to get out of there and like, uh, you know, I don't know if this is really for me. Let me, let me kind of pivot here and do something else. So, so that's, that's, um, I would have liked to see him play a little bit more than just two weeks. Uh, because again, 21 games during the regular season. I, I don't think that's, that's close right. to anywhere. His level of, of playing time. Uh, well, let, let's see what happens though. Uh, with the yeah. non-tender and tender, Choi is he going to be part of the future. If he's not, then we can definitely put Nate Lowe into a good 80 games um, for next year. Around 300 at bats would be fantastic to see, at least or 300 plate appearances uh, yeah. from from Nate Lowe. Uh, again, I'm I'm, I'm kind of lost here. Uh, Nate kind of made our. <laughs> Our, our our player review just by the nick of it right of our i think limits. it was 50 at bats is our minimum and he had 64 or something along those lines there's not much he we we can't yes. make a final judgment on nate Lowe based on 2020 what we can say though is that we saw some good things we continued to see okay he kept the weight down uh he yep. showed he still has the easy power really to all fields like he does not have to swing out of his shoes to send the ball no. flying middle middle away and you touched on it is you've got to appreciate the fact that he has you know between last year and this year done what he could to get prepared and ready to be on a big league roster i mean he's shaved 20 25 pounds something along those lines he looks so much better and you can yeah. see uh just based on really the metrics and just watching the game film that um, his power isn't sacrificed because of that. And also, you know, making an effort to learn a new position. I don't know if he would ever play third base, but in an emergency, if something were to happen, at least there is that tad bit of flexibility. If you have to stick him over there, I just think, and again, there's nothing else he can prove in the mind. He doesn't need to play. He's just waiting in the wings. Yeah. And that's why today, this afternoon, this evening is going to be really curious to see if if g-man Choi is tendered or non-tendered right. because not only do you have nate low to consider yoshi satsugo i don't think anybody's taking his contract or moving off of him that's no. another corner infielder dh type of guy so it's like nate low uh, i think blocked. he's he's ready he's ready yeah. he's blocked he's and blocked yeah that's it and, and look, I love that you said the power thing, the power in 50 games yesterday. So in 169 uh, plate appearances, he actually had seven home runs in 21 games yeah. with 76 plate appearances. He only had four. He already had four. So, you right. know, just extrapolating the power is still there. The power is still intact. Um, so look, he's ready. Uh, that's, that's all I got to say. I'm a big Nate Lowe fan. Love G-Man Choi, but I am okay with seeing some some Nate Lowe getting some 80, 100 games under his belt, some 300 plate appearances next year. Let's go. He's ready. And, again, if you talked about his, his, his defense, how that has maybe slowed down his progress, well, it's not like – I know people love G-Man Choi. Uh, right. I'm sorry, but it's, he's not the best first baseman out there. I love the splits, but he's not the best – 
defensive uh, analytically speaking. And Yandy Diaz isn't the best first baseman analytically speaking. And Yoshisutsugo is not the best third baseman analytically speaking. So Nate Lowe right. is not any worse than those three guys in those two positions. So just give him the shot. Give him a chance. Nate Lowe, yeah. my grade for him, a simple 85B. I couldn't say or do anything else more than this eight minute rant. That's a man. It. You went right. You went right to the grade. I'm not even ready to give him a grade yet, but I agree with you on, <laughs> I like the, uh, like your thinking there. Look, I think with, uh, Nate Lowe, I think something that has to be talked about at some point is, um, how he can replace a fan favorite in G man Troy, because that's even in a small market like Tampa Bay, Troy's got a cult following. So you wonder yeah. how he adjusts to that. And maybe, um, I mean, he's a likable guy too. So I don't think that should be, it's not like uh, it'd be Pat Burrell or somebody coming in like totally hated. And uh, then you get that reputation and everything like that. But, um, and yeah, with the defense, I, I think he can make all the plays. He can make the scoops. He's got the height to go up. And if there's an errant throw, he can, he can stop gap that. And again, it goes back to the weight. I think that really helps with his flexibility and, and being able to, make plays on ground balls and things like that as well. I don't know if he's going to do the splits anytime soon, but he's a capable first baseman. And, and he's shown that throughout that he can stick him there. He'll do the job. That's really all you need from him as far as that's concerned. So um, yeah, I just think with, with Nate Lowe, you know, bigger picture here is the fact that the Rays have gotten and looked to have a regular big leaguer out of a 13th round draft pick out of college, yeah. a guy that played at three different colleges, a guy that, um, you know, in addition to losing weight, in addition to uh, trying to learn a new position and improve, like he has done things over the course of his minor league career to improve his game, like upping his power without sacrificing contact rates all that much. Fangraphs did a really good write-up on how he's been able to lift the ball more while if you look at the minor leagues, he, he didn't really strike out a ton. It wasn't like a 30% strikeout rate or anything like that. He's just, look, you, I, I call him uh, sweet swing in Nate because I think I, I love that, that beautiful swing, just so easy and smooth. And he can kind of drive the ball to all fields and, and beat the shifts. And um, look, like we said, he's ready. I think he's ready. And the Rays are probably thinking that too, knowing – he's ready and we can save maybe a million and a half dollars by not paying G man choice. So right. Kind of works out for them as well with that. It's, it's the, it's the race platform. Can I get the same type of production by, but saving $2 million? I mean, this is why Nate Lowe is as, as sure as we are that KK and Snell will be traded because of the monetary restrictions. I also think that Nate Lowe should be probably getting a lot more playing time in 2021 because of those yeah. financial restrictions. Uh, and, and last thing I'll say with Nate Lowe, and, you, and, you, and I love that you said switch swinging. It reminded me of it. Um, his swing percentage actually decreased about 5%, uh, five percentage points. Uh, so he swung less. Uh, that walk rate, I, like I said, it increased about four points. So you know, he's a patient hitter. Can, will he become that hitter that we saw in 2020 where just a lot more patient? Yes, that comes with a lot of strike three looking like we saw with Yoshi Sutsuga with the bat on the shoulder, 
a la Willie Adamas game yeah. six. Uh, that can be frustrating. So that's also a part of his game is sometimes that bat will, will remain on the shoulder when possibly you would want him to just go and take a hack. Right. Certainly. Um, with your grade, you gave him what? Just a solid B. I'll go. I'm going to give him a low B. I won't say a B minus, but the lowest B possible. Um, again, there's just not enough really to go off of with his, with his regular season, but he showed, he showed enough that, okay, I think if he got 150 more plate appearances, his numbers would be in line with what we'd pretty much right. expect there too. And we were saying during the season, like, when he got the call after G-Man Choi got injured, ironically, I think G-Man got injured uh, trying to score uh, to home on a hit by Nate Lowe, as funny as that is. That <laughs> Nate Lowe kind of really showed off his stuff and was like, all right, G-Man Choi, your time is, is running out, and this may be the time that it actually is. Uh, what's the little – God, I, it's too early in the morning for this, but I can't figure out the little – the little clock where you flip it, the, the little timer. Oh, the, the, the sand, the sand one. Yeah. Yeah. Anybody know what that's called? I am blanking right now. So we are going <laughs> to move on from that. Yeah. Intern McGee, get over here. Perry, oh. help us out. Yeah. Oh, Perry, my goodness. Somebody. Okay. Step up. Nate Lowe, shoot us a text. Okay. I think that wraps up the Nate Lowe review. Uh, coming yes. up next, we'll look at the play of one Manny Margot, but first we've got to tell you about the greatest protein bar on the planet, and that is Built Bar. They have so many flavors. I've I've lost count, but I know there's upwards of of 20 plus flavors. They got several new flavors like caramel brownie and cookies and cream to go with uh, many of the originals like coconut almond and banana bread, mint brownie, so on and so forth. Uh, I can tell you that all the Built Bars are covered in 100% chocolate, and they're all soft and easy to chew, and they're all low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, and high-fiber. To give you an example of that, uh, looking at the cookies and cream flavor here, 17 grams protein, 130 calories, 4 grams sugar, and just 4 grams net carbs. We know you want some Built Bars, and to do that, you can go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON, and that'll get you 20% off your next order. Again, use promo code locked on for 20% off at builtbar.com. L O C K E D O N for 20% off at builtbar.com. A quick Google search, Kevin, gave me the answer that uh, we were looking for hourglass. An hourglass. That's what it is. Very good. People are probably screaming. At their phones and in their car stereos and everything. How did you figure that out, first of all? How did you did you Google salt shaker timer thing? I put I just put sand clock and then Google said, idiot, do you mean hourglass? And I said, Yeah, (laughs) I I do, Mr. Google. I'm sorry. Pay attention. And an hourglass is what? Traditionally a minute by the time it flips or two minutes? I mean, I guess there's there's there could be one for a whole day too. That's true. Man, the hourglass. Oh, my goodness. Uh, Speaking of time, not to waste any more time here, let's move (laughs) on to Manny Margot. See, people learn things on this show. They learn things like hourglass or are reminded of things like hourglass. (laughs) Uh, Manny Margot, 
a young 26 years old, 26 and uh, really two months, 64, 65 days. Uh, he compiled a 0.6 war by both baseball reference and fan graphs during the regular season. In those 47 regular season games, he had 159 play appearances and posted a slash line of 269, 327, 352 with an OPS of 679. He had a 92 WRC plus and an 87 OPS plus. He hit one home run, nine doubles, 19 runs scored, 12 RBI, and had 12 stolen bases. He was also caught four times on the base pass. Um, of course, the postseason, man, one of the few guys like KK, like Randy, that went off in the yep. postseason and not just went off with the batting average uh, and everything like that, but his power, five home runs and 11 RBIs in 19 games played in the postseason. It was like, where had that been during yeah. the course of the regular season? Um, some other notables before we move on to discussion of Margot, his 15.7% strikeout rate was a career low. His average exit velocity of 89.4 was tied for a career high. And his positive 1.8 defensive rating, according to Fangraphs, was fourth highest on the team. Let's keep in mind that he mostly played corner outfield this season, right field, left field, tad uh, in center field. But those were positions, the corners, that he had never really played in his career. But because of Kevin Kiermeyer's play at center field, he was forced to move to really a new position for the first time in his four or five big league career. So all that said, Ulysses, how do you evaluate Manny Margot? I think this is the guy who has exceeded expectations the most mm-hmm. uh, for a race player in years. Yeah. I mean, this is Casey Kochman ask Jeff Kepinger ask, um, you know, those are the, the Holy grails in that category. Uh, I think he makes the top five because looking back when when the race made this trade, I honestly thought, thought well, you know, okay, we have the Guillermo Heredia uh, replacement. Right. Cool. Oh, he's really good defensively. Okay, but nothing for a stick. Uh, you know, just, just thought he was just going to be exactly what Heredia provided, which was what, about 0.1 war in 100 and something games. This yeah. was not the case at all. I mean, this guy is electric, and he has a really good bat. And in the postseason, when you need to show up, he showed up. Uh, one thing I will like to say about uh, the postseason is, like with everybody, I mean, it was just whiffs on whiffs. You said his 15.7% strikeout rate was his lowest uh, ever, which is true. Regular season, yes. Regular season. In the postseason, that 15.7 jumped to almost 30%. He almost doubled his K rate. And, it's, and yeah, and the home runs came. It's like the Rays just switch a, a, a mentality as soon as the calendar hit October and said, nope, we're just going for dingers, and that is it. Yeah. We don't care about the strikeouts because everybody was striking out 30% uh, rate. I, lo- I love his play. I think if you're going to uh, deal KK away because of salary constrictions, uh, Manny Margot 
will slide in very nicely there in center field. Yeah, it's not the same as KK with the glove or right. the arm, especially the arm. The, the arm. arm he, a little- yeah, a lot of, lot of sack flies will be given up with Manny Margo because yeah. he doesn't have the strength or the accuracy. And I know he's thrown from the corners as opposed to center field, but still you can tell still. that KK has got a better arm than Manny Margo. So having said that, would you be happy, comfortable if the Rays, okay, we deal Kevin Kiermaier, get a salary out the books, get a prospect or two. All we're going to do is slide Manny Margot in, into the center field spot. He'll be our starting center fielder for the most part, days off here and there, but he's going to be the guy in center field in 2021. Would you be happy and fine with that? I mean, I, I think that if he were to produce like he did in 2020 with a 92 mm-hmm. WRC plus and, and, and a, a career low strikeout rate, uh, walking around eight percent of the time i think you can deal with that i think that'd yeah. be great uh uh and, and having some speed on the basis uh he he likes he likes running i love that yes i love a guy that when he's on base he's not as he's not scared of getting caught get caught i honestly i i i don't i i'm i'm on that um category of baseball fan i i love the running game Love it. I think it's exciting. And so when a, a player is not scared uh, of taking an, an extra bag, I love it. I'm all for it. So that, that'll be really exciting to see. Uh, he was incredibly valuable during the postseason. Some guys just like the bright lights. And I think Manny yeah. Margot might be one of those guys. Uh, word of the wise. Yeah, he just, I mean, that the power really came through in the postseason. It must have been the short sleeve, seeing some of his his bulk and his muscles, something I didn't usually see with the, the long sleeves, but don't throw him a fastball inside uh, on a first pitch. He'll crush it. Uh, also, I mean, he showed, though, he could even take a breaking ball out of the park. I mean, center field, center away. Like, that was impressive stuff from Manny Margot. And I agree with you. I'd totally be comfortable with having Manny Margot slide to be the, the race starting center fielder if they do trade. Kevin Kiermaier away. He's not, a, he's not a fourth outfielder. He's not a, a no. Guillermo Heredi. He is definitely starting material. And let's also keep in mind, like he had a, a really slow start to the season and it was a, a very difficult season early on for him personally with the death yeah. of his father and the Dominican. And then there was that whole odd situation in Port Charlotte where his car basically blew up and his yeah. family was in the car, like a lot of things. And we were even talking cause he, he had started really slow with the Rays. We were like, well, well we got to send this guy down. We got to move on from this guy. And it just goes to show you how patient you have to be with ball players over the course of, uh, of a season there. And the thing with Margot that we also have to keep in mind with that is this was all new territory for him playing in a new league, not playing in center field, new pitchers, new environment, new coaches, new trainers, new teammates, first time in the playoffs His first time in the playoffs. And yes, strikeout rate that aside. I mean, the numbers look, there's really nothing else you can ask for Manny Margot or really anybody for the types of numbers he put up, especially with so many other guys that were struggling, all la Brandon Lau, right. Austin Meadows, the, the names go on and on. So I am, look, I am on the Manny Margot tr- uh, train. I, I love the way he plays. Um, I love the energy he brings. The speed, I think, is really fun to watch. And 
like he finds a way to to just put balls in play like even a tough breaking ball even if it's kind of a swinging bunt or an infield grounder he at least makes the opposing infielders work to get him out and i think he can also lay down a bunt like he he does different things like he he is a true top of the order type of guy and quite frankly we we need more of Manny Margot types in the sense of less strikeouts, guys getting on base, wreaking havoc on the base pass, and less guys that are striking out 20, 28%, 32% of the time. The contact percentage of 80%, I mean, that, career-wise, that'll play. That'll yeah. play. I mean, exactly. Make contact, uh, make make the, the fielders uh, make an error sometimes. And with that speed of his, uh, maybe not as elite as Kevin Kiermeyer's, but uh, you can hustle down to first and, and – and make an errant throw, then you take second. I mean, these things can happen only if you make contact. And he's a player that mm-hmm. does that. I'm all about Manny Margot. Uh, I think he did fantastic. And all of those things that you said that he had to put up with, uh, that just speaks to his mental toughness, really. And and, yeah. and I think that that should also be uh, a factor into his grading. Absolutely. And uh, speaking of that, what grade do you give Mr. Margot? Well, seeing as he was one of the only ones that stepped up in the, in the postseason, that will definitely aid you. He did pretty good in the regular season. So for me, I think he gets a 92. You know what? I have just about the same grade. I have an A- minus on Manny Margot. A-. Really, the only thing yeah. is I would have liked to maybe see uh, a little bit more power in the regular season. But, of course, maybe he can, he can keep up what he did in the postseason in 2021 and beyond because he definitely has that ability. And I think something probably working in his favor as well going forward is he has shown that I think he's pretty well liked by teammates. I mean, him and Willie Adams yeah. have an unbreakable bond. I mean, they are like peanut cool. butter and jelly in the dugout. And I think that goes a long way with things uh, for sure. Uh, okay. There we go. The Nate Lowe, Manny Margot wrap up. Uh, I'd have to look at the the roster to see who we have tomorrow. And also this week, a uh, little foreboding here, with the tender and non-tender news, I believe, coming out Wednesday night, Wednesday afternoon or so, we plan to discuss that on Friday's show. And then we'll uh, continue, uh, continue our Ramblin' Rays segment where we bring on a guest listener next Friday. That is kind of the, the roundup in the plan for the Locked on Rays podcast going forward. In the meantime, be sure you check out our brand new Patreon page, patreon.com slash Rays Unfiltered, R-A-Y-S-U-N-F-I-L-T-E-R-E-D. That wraps up this edition of Locked on Rays. Now play your smart device to play the most recent episode of Locked on MLB Prospects. Hope you all have a wonderful day. Stay safe and we'll talk to you tomorrow.